January is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. So what does the latest science tell us about treatment, about what we know about what's going on in the brain? Did you know that over half a million Canadians are currently living with Alzheimer's disease or some kind of related form of dementia? And with our rapidly aging population, that number is projected to double by the year 2031. In terms of new developments, for the first time, Canadians can now access a test to diagnose Alzheimer's disease thanks to a study being led by researchers at UBC. This test measures proteins known as biomarkers in the fluid that surrounds the brain and spinal cord. This could assist with earlier and more accurate diagnosis of Alzheimer's, giving patients and their families much-needed answers and assistance with planning for the years ahead. Dr. Sandra Black is a professor of medicine in the Division of Neurology at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center and joins me. Welcome, Dr. Black. Uh, well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And yes, it is a very exciting time <clears throat> in our field. And um, I'm, I, I'm, first of all, I just wanna preamble by saying, I wanna do a sort of a shout out to all those families who are living with family members who have dementia. It's been an extraordinarily difficult time, as you know, through this pandemic, with even being able to visit people in long-term care or in the hospitals. And um, I just wanna say how much we appreciate, you know, the, the care that people are trying to give in a very, very difficult time in our history. And uh, we, we wanna thank all of the families who are so devoted to their, um, to their family members who are living with these different conditions. I just wanted to make that call, make, make that mention. Absolutely, and I don't think we pay enough attention to the role of caregivers and how they have been impacted throughout the course of the pandemic without the regular supports and helps uh, and assistance that they might have. Let's begin with that biomarker test. How significant is that? So that is using cerebral spinal fluid and um, it's, it's the spinal fluid that surrounds the brain. And so it, it gives you a read on what's happening in the chemistry of the brain. And there are some biomarkers that have to do with the pathology of Alzheimer's disease, the actual disease um, proteins that deposit in the brain, the plaques and the tangles. They're made up of, and they were described by Alzheimer's in you know, 1906 in a pathology. Not, he didn't know what they were, but he saw the plaques and tangles. And in the 1980s, we figured out that the plaques had a protein called amyloid and the tangles had a protein called tau, which are sort of toxic proteins that accumulate in the brain. And they seem to sort of start and spread, interestingly, maybe 20 years before you even know you're sick. Also, there are now genetic biomarkers that can tell you you are at risk. In some cases, families where they have a mutation that means that you start to have disease in your 30s and you may not be alive by your 50s. More commonly, there are disease risk, uh, genetic disease risk uh, markers, something called apolipoprotein E4, that mean you're likely to get the disease later in life. So um, those have been around for a while. What's actually even more exciting, because the CSF means you've got to do a lumbar puncture, which uh, has some difficulties in some people and what, also what, what is that what is lumbar puncture is where you put a little needle into the spinal canal and you withdraw the fluid that's around the brain so it's a it's a, a little bit invasive procedure invasive. but it's a lot right. of neurologists and, and their even nurse practitioners and so on who can do this um, but it does mean you have to do that test and if you've done a blood thinner or if there's other if you have 
a lot of arthritis, sometimes it's hard to do. What's more interesting, I think, in a way, is not that, because that's really a very important advance, is that we're starting to be able to measure the same biomarkers, they're called. Biomarkers mean like actual, you know, physical findings you have. In this case, the proteins. We can actually start to measure those in the blood. And I was going to say, I think that's one of the most exciting advances. Because you can measure the amyloid, the toxic amyloid, and the tau, and you can also measure some other signs of damage in the blood. You just take a blood sample. That right, is so, so much easier than taking a lumbar puncture. So then th this is something that gives us an indication of what might happen in the future. No, it, it can tell you that the person has the disease, right. not symptoms. And then it can also tell you that the person is cooking up the disease, as it were, and they're not symptomatic yet. So a very important concept is it's, I think it's a little bit like thinking of hardening of the arteries, like in the, in the coronary arteries. You know, if you've got a high cholesterol, you're at a greater risk of having a heart attack or even a stroke. And there's some people who have family forms of high cholesterol. That means that they can, they can have heart attacks in their twenties and thirties. Okay. So that's like the young onset. They have, they have high cholesterol problems. Most other people, as they get older in their fifties and sixties are at greater risk. And if you can control the cholesterol, also you can treat high blood pressure, et cetera, you may delay or prevent that heart attack. So in Alzheimer's disease, we are able to see the same process underway now because people will have the proteins accumulating in their blood before they actually have any symptoms. And, and so that is can... opening up a whole new, a whole new possibility of being able to do something preventative. That leads me to that exact, that exact question and in, in doing some research, here's something I came across uh, uh, saying, uh, Olive oil, your diet will lower your risk of Alzheimer's disease. And this, uh, well, actually, they're uh, peer reviewed in the Journal of American College of Cardiology. Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like I'm talking, I, I am talking about uh, lifestyle choices that people need to take very, very seriously, including physical activity. Um, there's some studies showing that if you walk, even just light physical activity, if you walk 8,000 steps a day, 8 to 10,000 steps, you protect your later life brain if you're in midlife. If you eat a Mediterranean diet, that includes extra virgin olive oil, but it's poultry and fish and vegetables, not so much, for example, red meat. Now I'll, I'll get some poison pen letters if I say that, but anyway, certain <laughs> kinds of red meat may be not so good for you. Um, so these lifestyle choices are very, very important. Then there's getting proper sleep. So sleep apnea is something you must identify and recognize and treat. There's even some data suggesting that uh, hearing loss, even subtle hearing loss in middle age sets you up to be at greater risk of mm. Alzheimer's and other conditions. And then finally, just social engagement. People who are involved, people who are doing something that makes them feel worthwhile is also, also has a protective effect, as does having the advantage of, you know, having an education and having, you know, kind of a, a, a job that, you know, I guess you feel that you're contributing to society. So these are all actually protective factors. But on top of that, there are these biomarkers that now can identify when people are at risk. And these are just starting to become available. There's already, they're already available and approved in a, a little, what they call a chip, where you just take a blood sample in the United States, it's approved, and it will measure your tau level in your blood. And that's the protein that's associated with amyloid in the brain and the two go together. 
the phosphotel is called in the amyloid. And if you have phosphotel in your blood, you've got amyloid deposits in your brain. There's another measure called neurofilament light, which can measure damage in head injury and other kinds of stroke and other kinds of conditions, but also can tell you how damaged the brain is in Alzheimer's disease. And then there's a measure of inflammation. And that's a, that's a blood test that's you know, available now in the United States, it's not approved in Canada, but I can tell you that's gonna be used not just for diagnostic certainty when you think somebody has the disease, because we also use brain imaging, we use brain imaging, and uh, the actual degree of atrophy or shrinkage in the brain is very important to know. And we can do that now with MRI scans, and we can know that the person has amyloid along the vessels, it's called microbleeds. So we can use brain imaging to understand the sort of state of the brain. And then there are these PET scans they can actually show you the deposits in the brain of both amyloid and tau. Those are more expensive. Those are not widely available in Canada. And I think the other, you know, the truth is that we really have to look at our whole system mm. for care in Canada because primary care, family doctors are going to be up front and center in all of this. And we really do have to figure out how we're going to make the system work because there are really aren't enough specialists like myself in the country to handle all this. And so we have to help primary care family doctors um, deal with this. And uh, these blood tests are gonna be very, very useful to you know, to know that the person really does have the disease. Dr. Black, we'll have to leave it there. Fascinating uh, information and a great update and something that we have to be very much aware of. Thank you again for your time. My, my pleasure. Thanks for your interest. Take care. That is Dr. Sandra Black, who's a professor of medicine in the Division of Neurology at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center with the very latest on the identification and treatment of Alzheimer's disease.